I'm Taylor. And I'm Brittany. Together we are two sisters who are here to help you learn some tips and tricks to help navigate this crazy journey called life. We bring you the perspective of a licensed mental health counselor, aka therapist, and a new mother. And a slightly eccentric mom of two. When you combine us as sisters, we like to consider ourselves as quite the dynamic duo. So join us as we talk about all life has to offer. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and hit that follow, like, or subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts for updates. If you're liking what you hear, leave us a five-star review. It helps us know what content you like and spreads the love to others to get resources and help for their mental health. I totally zoned out there for a second. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) All right. Today surprised me with today's theme. I just saw it when I sat down to record this. We're talking about Christmas movies. (laughs) So I was... My husband does a podcast. Shout out to what our what's our verdict? Um, they watch movies and they rate them, which I think is the funniest hobby. Like when I was dating my husband, this was something he was already doing for like a year, right? With his buddies during COVID, they needed a hobby. And I've watched a lot of weird movies, guys. Like <laughs> a, a lot. The one that comes to mind is that Vegas one, Zombies in Vegas, or something like that. Oh, that was so like ugh. I it didn't watch it. Was yeah terrible literally scarred me for life the leader woman was like it it was just so so many wrong things in this movie and i feel like there's been lots of movies like i had to watch black phone i started sobbing and walked out of this movie anyways long story short i was like i have watched a lot of movies in my day for this podcast and i have suffered a lot for this podcast and now we're going to do movies for my podcast. But I, it gave me the idea. <laughs> I did Moon Knight with them. And do you, did you watch Moon Knight, Britt? I think I've seen part of it. And then the I fell one, asleep because I always fall asleep on the couch. It's like the Egyptian one with this like superpowers. So Ra gives um, th- this guy like, Oh, no, superpowers. I haven't seen that. I was thinking something totally different. Oh, yeah, so it's it's supposed to be a part of like an Avengers. It's actually a comic book, and there is dissociative identity disorder in the main character. So I went on their podcast and talked about that disorder and what it actually is, and how psychological it makes sense. Light, which is totally different. So okay, is that the show from the eighties? No, that was in like twenty sixteen. Totally different. Continue though. Okay. Okay. I was like, I don't know that one. Anyways, um, so it, it got me thinking about how much like doing that podcast and talking about like mental health and psychology and that one is in pretty much everything. And in Christmas time, we watch the same movies over and over. We have like our top favorites, right? And oh, the yeah. ones I'm currently that- wearing an elf sweatshirt. This is just so perfect because you didn't even know what we were doing. And we were- I didn't even know we were doing this. Candy, candy corns, candy canes, and syrup. <laughs> I love this. This is just perfect. I'm wearing green today too. I didn't even like realize. I was like, Ooh, oh yeah, I just put on cozy clothes. And I, was I know like, I did too. Ooh, perfect. Ooh. Um, so I thought of our top, like Brittany, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Probably Elf. I know. So today we're going to talk about our favorite Christmas movies. I love Home Alone, Home Alone 1 and 2. I personally love two more because I just... I feel like it's funnier and yeah. it gets me to laugh more every single time. I, I love two. They're, they're fabulous. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's just a classic. And um, so those are like always the ones when I think of Christmas, I think of those. There's a few others too. Like I love the Grinch. A lot of people don't like that. It's a little controversial. 
Some people yeah. hate Jim Carrey. Christmas Carrey's Vacation Grinch. is another like love Christmas Vacation for which, us. Christmas Story. I love mm-hmm. the Christmas. Like, oh, Christmas Matthew loves that one. So I was thinking about all the Christmas movies and all the things that we have. So we're actually going to do our two favorites today. If people really like this, though, I'm totally down to do more because I think incorporating mental health into pop culture and seeing how they correlate is really fascinating, but also very useful because you can see more in real life examples of some of the disorders we're talking about or some of the things that we're talking about in application. But also, I think it makes it more tangible, like watching it because there's so many shows like we're watching Stranger Things and like Mattson this is PTSD personified like Vecna is PTSD personified and there's a whole background with trauma and all that stuff that I could just be like oh my goodness nerd out on so I think it's pretty cool when you can find like a, a thing that we all watch and love everybody knows well most people know Home Alone and Elf right and right. then for us to be able to like go in and delve into some of these major themes of it I thought it would be pretty fun so if people like it let us know you can DM us and we can do your favorite Christmas movie because why not? <laughs> I love it. Let's do it. Okay, let's start with Home Alone, Tay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Brittany, background of what Home Alone is. Home Alone is Kevin is probably like 10, 9, something like that. And they were all getting ready to go on a family vacation. And he gets left home alone and so then there's these bad guys that are like trolling the neighborhood because his neighborhood is like the swanky neighborhood and his house is over tuna yeah and so they have to come like that's the whole reason they wanted this neighborhood was to get the silver tuna and so he has to protect his home he has to defend it I have to defend my home. Yeah. So I think in the first one, he's around eight or nine. And then the second one, he's like 10 or 11, like in that zone of ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's the youngest out of like five kids or four kids. So their house is chaotic. And they had two families together in the house at the beginning of the movie. They wake up late. Kid gets left home. They didn't know it. Jerk. His uncle's uncle's such a stinker. And then it's fascinating because – in the beginning, you see this little kid who's very, like, forgotten. You can see that he, like... You couldn't even pack his own suitcase or oh anything. Oh, my goodness. Like, He's, like, typical youngest child syndrome where it's, like, feels like, no, everybody gangs up on him, which his siblings do. Like, Buzz is the worst. Buzz, your girlfriend. Woof. Oh, yeah. But his sister was harping on him, too. Like, you can't even pack your own suitcase. Like, Les incompetents. <laughs> oh, yeah. Les, you're what the French call. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they're all just – and they're like, you can't even pack your own suitcase. Like, just all these things, which is is true. But, like, Kevin definitely is known for being the troublemaker and known for being, like, um, just a pain, it seems like, right? Oh, yeah. Well, he doesn't want to sleep with Fuller because Fuller's going to wet the bed. And so then he, remember, he storms off up to the attic. Mm-hmm. He's all angry. And then he's like, when I grow up and get married, I'm living alone. You hear me? <laughs> I'm living alone. And so he's like – Totally. And that's right before his family leaves in the next morning. And so he's left with those are his last things he said. Oh, poor Kevin. So coming in this, you can see and they, they're in Chicago in the suburbs. They have a huge house that's expensive. Right. And you can see that they, the whole it's family's traveling tunnel. to France. Yeah. The whole family's traveling to Paris. So like obviously a well-off family parents are flying in first class on the way over like silver tuna is totally the description of this don't family. even know what a silver tuna means but you know it's i don't cool. know but it, uh what is harry says it or something like that Mar- yeah, no, harry. Harry. marv yeah. is the funny one with the curly hair yeah yeah yeah. Harry, harry. Said it, yeah. 
<laughs> I love this movie. Anyways, we gotta watch this tonight. Um, so you can see, like, if you were to look at this little kid, Brittany, what would you kind of like think about him as like psychologically? Psychologically, I mean, he's definitely got a lot of anxiety going on. I mean, he's definitely got he's very immature like if we were to very no like yes like if you go in mean at the very beginning of the movie he's an immature little kid that has been spoon-fed everything right you can see zero resiliency tons of tantrums tons of privileged behavior entitlement galore blaming yeah selfish blame behavior just like the typical like rich little snot kid that you're like dude have a backbone take care of yourself bro you know what i mean yeah. like, and don't go lash out because you're upset at everybody around you so very just yeah. his world revolves around him he doesn't yeah. have a greater sense of like i am a part of a family unit and that takes sacrifice he doesn't have any of that doesn't his mom even say that like maybe you'll notice that there's other people in this family besides you and like oh, when she's putting him up that. in the attic and he's like i don't want to be in the attic she's like well good maybe it'll make you think about your behaviors and how it affects everybody else and he yeah, does yeah, it yeah. right um isn't that the episode two where or the 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 first one's where he pushes Buzz and the milk spills everywhere and then Fuller gets pushed up in the wall with his nose jammed up against the oh, wall. Oh, I think so, pizza. yeah, because in the other one, it's the candlesticks and then he shoves it yeah. in his sponsor. Yeah, so Kevin's yeah. very impulsive. Like, if he's angry, Super he will, it's eye for eye, like, lashes out galore, right? Yeah, which is normal, um, but developmentally, that is probably a little delayed. Developmentally, it looks like there's been zero resiliency built because he's yeah. been placated to or coddled. And you can see that when they're like talking about packing a suitcase or, or, you know, you can see how they like the siblings try and placate, but they also bully him. They, they try not to make a problem because he's the youngest. And then the parents are always just trying to be like, Kevin's is too much. We'll just do it and just ignore him kind of thing. Like right. it's definitely, he's the youngest child. His parents are kind of done and you can see it. Right. Yeah. 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 Bit. You can see though there is like lots of fear and anxiety too for Kevin because you they talk about like the basement and they talk about um like you know how he's scared of like going out he's terrified the of the next door neighbor yeah 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 yep. the old guy remember the what's Buzz's story like he oh. murdered his family or something and put him in salt. yeah with the shovel or something yeah, yeah. I've seen it since last year but yeah I, I mean we watch it every year so I have to rewatch it but. Um, Kevin definitely immature. I think he's like nine. I I think he's around that age. I, don't know I think exactly. you're right. I think you're Let's right. Let's Google this really quick, like, um, because it's gonna bother me if we keep referring to the wrong age. You can see though, he yeah. So he's eight years old in the first one and ten years old in the second one. So developmentally, he's a bit behind. You can see just like lack of resilience, well, lots of fear, I mean, and reliance on others. I am around a lot of like seven, eight year olds, and it's. And yeah, he's, he's a funny little person there. <laughs> like Kevin. I think, because- yeah. Well, you can see like out of, uh, cause I'm around a lot of them too. And you can see how developmentally there's ranges of it, but Kevin yeah, is even like more ranges. like a, he's like a low seven, you know, like it's, it's interesting. Cause in that zone, they get so developed so quickly. Like it. Yeah, so sometimes the kids are like super, like they excel mature. in one area, yeah. mature. And then in others are like. Oh, mommy, I don't know. Like, it, it yeah. just depends. Yeah. And eight is such a developmental turning point, I've noticed, for cognitive capabilities and development, which is fascinating. Like, it, it's totally a turning point 
for clients that I've seen and and like so you're gonna see and each individual child there's differences I just feel like having watched the movie and seen all these tantrums Kevin is a low seven to me like he just he's entitled and he likes to be waited on you know yeah and even when he's called out by his uncle by his siblings by his mom nothing corrects him he just keeps spiraling like it's almost one of those just yeah that impulse he piles it on it's not good (laughs) no and in the second one you even see it where you know the uncle's like look what you did and like or no, he said it in the first oh, one, but, but yeah, with the a little jerk. Yeah. Yeah. And then with the candles and stuff. Um, well, he regresses really quickly. So let's talk about the progress he makes then. I guess in the first so, one, like, do we see any character development? Do we see any like personal well, I, growth? Yes. But this is where like I wanted to make sure we got the themes first, right? Because this is what okay, the okay. psychological things are built around. Um, because when you think about it, it's like lack of resilience, lack of ability to be like impulse control um and lack of like connection to other people seeing like that you're outside of your own psychological unit and this whole movie it actually develops it for him especially in the first totally one. The second does. one there's a little bit he less develops and then mm-hmm. he like regresses i feel like in the second one because it's like he develops some of these skills but then we still see him like knocking over kids during the concert because he was embarrassed about his brother or yeah but i feel like it's not as drastic because i would like if you're embarrassed and buzz was really mean yeah true not saying point. buzz is valid but like so as he a does 10 year old some of that growth then absolutely because you see i didn't know it was when he had to bring it back mm-hmm. no I, I mean not as much because he really starts low in the first one and true. then the Good second point. one Buzz was Buzz is a stink bug. I don't like Buzz. Buzz needs to go. No, Buzz, karma. Yeah. But um, yeah. Oh, so karma. oh, he gets karma. But um, that's where like I think that's a normal ten year old reaction. Like if they're up that upset, like think about the ten year olds you've known or like no. True, true, true. They de- they don't have like the ability to emotionally be like, oh my goodness, this is what I'm actually feeling and express it. It's more like. I'm going to react to this. And there was an actual trigger with an actual cause versus in the first one, he was He's just all over everybody. the place and impulsive, oh, yeah. you know? So I think there's definitely progression and he could not even like the pigeon lady in the second one, he could empathize with her a lot easier than he could the first. And he That's could what, validate and he a lot. Some, like, very compassionate things. And, and the yeah. kids in the children's hospital and the donations, like, so he, yeah. And he, like the like, turtle doves and the, yeah. Letter, yeah. At the toy store. Yeah. To Mr. Yeah. Duncan. And he like cared that he was like hurting his stuff, but also like was trying to help. And like, and that's where so you can see the progression yeah. really did work. And he not only like in the first one, the fight came to him and the second one, he sought the fight out. He could have just avoided it. Remember when he's standing there looking at the children's hospital and thinking like True. at midnight tonight, we take in Duncan's choice chest or whatever. And then, you know, <laughs> and then, Love it. Uh, <laughs> And then, you know, that's when he decided he was going to go fight. And the last time he had to protect and defend his house, you know, like, but this one was, I'm going to go stand up for people. So not only did he build in the progression, but he sought it out and became an advocate for others, which is cool. Like, because he was such a selfish little stink before, but because of the skills he learned in the first one, he was able to then take it and level it up to be now a proactive advocate instead of a reactive one. Right. Well, and I guess because he had those psychological skills that he needed now, he had yeah. already realized that he could overcome these challenges, that he could 
you know, feel empathy, feel like, yeah, quenches anxiety and go in the basement and yeah. Yeah. But that's like the first one that he did. Cause if you look at it when he was like, um, he was having a blast the first day, like, you know, sledding down the stairs, which looked awesome. Oh yeah. Shaving and like with, or whatever. The yeah. And yeah. then eating all the ice cream and watching the Grinch and then watching the snake eyes. One got blown oh, away. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. He had, a, he did have a lot of fun and then he had to really like grow very quickly. Cause he needed food. So then he ended up going and getting food. He needed to do laundry. So he went to the basement yep, and like, no, I remember stuff. seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. The furnace, like, so because he was put as terrifying as it is for a parent to have a kid left home alone, it was almost like, this is what this kid needed to finally be kicked into gear of like, look at, you can take care of yourself. You are capable of doing, because remember when Buzz came home and he was like, um, he was like, you got, he got a fabric softener. He got like, he was like shocked that Kevin could do anything. And like the fact that That's he great, like yeah. went to the store, you know, and it, and Kevin was using coupons even like this was all a big deal for a kid that was complete 180, but it was because he was put in a situation and he had no other resources and he started to use the resources. Right. Right. So those Which are just super a- cool. He was, he was able to adapt in that moment. He was able to mm-hmm. de- adapt and like bank back on those life skills that he had already learned. He had and seen modeled. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he hadn't learned them yet. He had seen them modeled before though. So that's modeled, the key. Yeah. yeah well, because he, his parents did it. Too, like you can learn and then you can understand. So I think that's kind of like the, like I was talking to our yeah. mom about this today with something. I don't even remember what it was. Oh, it was my people pleasing tendencies. And so then I was like, mom, this is a skill that I have learned the skills too but i am not great at applying them yet like my application yeah Yeah, application so i think like kevin like and so i was like i know now that i have this in my tool belt i just don't know how to use that tool and so kevin we see this right here where he's yeah he's got his little emotional tool belt kind of he just didn't know how to use it yet no i love that though because you can definitely see his mom had taught him his dad had taught him like exactly people in his life had modeled this is how you take care of a home this is how you keep things safe this is yeah how you take care of yourself yeah that's actually a really good point and i think that's the key to starting off building like um a lot of people in my life like when i'm teaching clients it's we got to learn the skills first have your tool belt like you said and then we have to learn how to apply it and when to apply it and like this situation for him was a perfect situation where he had a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety but he had to put it in there because there was no other option for him and a lot of times life will not present another option at some point for the kids or for us right. like i was super shy in middle school and eventually i was just like i have to talk to people otherwise i'm never going to like talk to anybody. Right. And I was like learning, using the skills I had learned to communicate was what made me do it. But being forced to do it was what, you know, so that's the key. Yeah. Um, the other one that they like that we could identify for, you know, overcoming his fear was the neighbor. So like he was super scared of the neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. He was terrified, terrified of the neighbor. And then being able to like, uh, first recognize that not everything you hear is true, which I think is really hard, especially as an eight year old, because I just took everything literal. I don't know. Like, did you like, Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's just how yeah. we are. Um, and he was able to like step outside of his viewpoint and try and 
identify that maybe there's another storyline and give the person a chance. And his neighbor ended up being really nice. Yeah. And then at that point, he was able to use him as like a mentor because he had opened his mind Mm -hmm. to like allow himself to get to know somebody who he thought was bad. So I Mm -hmm. think it was just that like cognitive, like, oh, everything isn't as black and white. And he was Mm -hmm. able to see in that moment, like this guy's doing something nice over here. Like, but everybody said he was bad. So I think that's where it's just that like awareness of the world around you and allowing those people to come in maybe and be mentors, which you would have never expected. Like, yeah, I think it's really good to just seeing the flexibility of us and the resiliency of us. Like there's a lot of resiliency in children, but there's also a lot of resiliency in us and we can build that and explore that the more that we're put into a situation. The last one that was interesting for Kevin is the connections. Cause he was such, like you said, a, um, egocentric is what we call it. Like centered yes. person around himself. Right. Everything was him, him, him. And all he wanted well, a little in the- that is normal. Like, totally for like is. A, yeah. For like a little toddler or whatever, their world literally does revolve around them. They don't, they don't understand that there's yeah. a world outside of them. So it's, just- it's actually fascinating. Cause I've researched this from a baby. So he doesn't even realize he's separate from me until about a year old. He thinks me and him are the same human being. So that's why often babies will say dada first because he thinks me and him are the one, right? Like he can't decipher because he came out of me. So like he's just used to this is a part of me. So then they start to build the, okay, there's other people outside, but they still can't see. They should be egocentric until about like, I think it's five or Five or six is when we start to see the shift if they fully understand that there's repercussions to their actions and there's repercussions to other people. By eight, they should know like, hey, like other people are in the picture. Yeah. We're all – Kevin was a little bit slower on the uptake it seems like. But by the end, he totally got it. Like when he missed his family and said he was – when I grew up and I'm living alone. When I grew up and have children. When I grew up and get married. Yeah. And have children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just like the whole oxy, like, yeah. Um, Is that oxymoron, oxy, whatever. Uh, yeah. And yeah. It was like, um, oh goodness. I'm drawing a blank right now. But it's okay. We're not Keep literary going. people. Going. Now we sound stupid. Anyways. we know we know words um yeah so that was just the like seeing how the family bonds built together i loved how you like pulled in the second one though because you can definitely see there is a good progression of kevin and he's Mm -hmm. now after this experience like above where his you know like developmental age should be so it's kind of cool like one experience with resiliency and overcoming a lot of his fear and anxiety which was holding him back before as well as lack of like he was kind of rigid and he didn't have any need to model any of these things totally helped him once he was finally put in something that needed resilience needed flexibility and needed to recall his modeling behavior that he had seen before by his parents yeah and he was able to like even fulfill like if we go to like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like mm-hmm. he was able to be like, I need shelter, I need food, mm-hmm. I need you know like, and he was able to go through all of these. Now I need you know something. He totally did it too. Yeah, and he did. He washed his underwear. He went, got a hotel. He ate junk food, but he still got food. Like yeah. he still was like, oh, I am in a crisis. What do I need? And he was able to like use that as I need shelter, food clothing you know like it was pretty cool to see it's cool too because even his mom in the second one um when the police officer is asking like well where do you think 
he'd be like or somebody asked him right like put yourself in his shoes like i don't know like i'd be curled up in a ball somewhere at his age and like and he's just out exploring the city and like having a great time like this kid built a lot of resiliency and a lot of coping skills by this first experience which is i'm not saying leave your kid home alone people but i'm saying yeah don't um, don't do that we are not recommending that but But i'm saying like sometimes there's natural things that occur in our lives that you need to let your kid take the hit you need to let your kid take the like me being super shy in middle school my mom needed to let me take the hit of having to deal with the social situation and it led to me building those skills right there's just a bunch of little things at times in life where it's going to help you build and progress more and and you can see that with Kevin it was like a complete 180 in the second one he's totally different yeah and I think it's also a good reminder too to like teach your children what they need to know even if Mm -hmm. they don't feel like they're listening to you or if you're like oh my gosh I have taught them these coping skills a bazillion and a half times and they don't feel like they're getting it it will kick in like in a time of crisis make sure they have those tools. Even if you're like, oh, this is such a waste of my time or sending my kid to therapy yep. is such a waste of time because they're not using any of these skills that they've been taught. Like yep. then this is proof. Kevin is proof that they will use them. Yeah. It comes it's back time. around. It yeah. all comes back around. I never thought I'd get so much wisdom from home alone, guys. I just loved it. No. Um, okay. Can so can we just, now? well, I just last, last little dot. What are the psychological effects that you think the burglar <laughs> from all the bad stuff that happened to him? Because like they seem to come back like pretty much the same. I mean, given their like, I mean, bandits versus the wet bandits in the second one, I think but... they'd be a little damaged though. Especially well, already damaged. Like if we wanted to go into the trauma of all of this, like these guys <laughs> already came with their bag of issues. Silver I mean, they probably like. Kevin is now like Chucky. I don't know. Like they're like terrified of children or something. <laughs> well, they were. Barb was terrified that we kept getting hit by bricks. Like how much TBI's oh did he have? TBI's traumatic. I mean, there's brain a injury. lot of things. Like Harry and Marv should not have had like hair. Their scalp shouldn't have been even normal. I mean, they should be dead. But psychological effect of them they were just so (laughs) broken when it started i don't know that it mattered (laughs) i just i feel like it just really supported their brokenness like they shouldn't even be alive like if we were to scientifically go into all the ways they should literally be dead just from pain like i feel like marv would be schizophrenic after this because he got electrocuted a lot (laughs) A lot of times. <laughs> First one and second one. Harry was just always angry, but you know, Marv, Marv cracks yeah. me up. He was kind of I stupid. mean, they're probably rocking themselves in a straight jacket, like muttering, like, Kevin, 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 I mean, I don't really like know to how picture you them in like this the straight jacket, just wiggling back and forth. Oh, Kevin, Kevin. <laughs> so funny. Especially with how much their brains got hit, there has to be something really broken now after that. Right? I mean, there was already something kind of off, anyways, because the lifestyle that they chose, but like, dude, a little bit off. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there was lots of, uh, 
what type of childhood home did they grow up in? What was their socioeconomic status? I mean, we could do a whole I'm so analysis. Proud. Look them. at you. Like, Look at you being able to analyze. <laughs> no, I just like to, to giggle about all the crap that happened to them. And I, like, I wrote yeah. that question and Matson was cracking up. He was like, how's it going? I was like, yeah, because like the trauma that all... would have led them to these life decisions has already broken them. And then Kevin just caused them. Well, Kevin just, Kevin just killed it off. Like there's like, think about like Kevin developed so great. <laughs> like basically abusing these people. Oh my god! I shouldn't be laughing. I'm just thinking of all the things he did to them. Like a hot iron in the face. Anyways, but like all these terrible <laughs> things that he did to them, he became this like, more developed mature kid like learning all these skills being able to overcome his anxiety and he just passed along a ton of anxiety trauma and fear i'm sure it like tapped into some of their um unprocessed disorders they had had from before as well like from their childhood they probably triggered these things that were like i never dealt with you know my Mother never ironed my shirts, and now this iron smashed my face, and it reminded them that their mother never bought them shirts. Like I'm sure you like. Do you think they have a never-ending Christmas hate now? Because every Christmas they would get beat up for the next couple of years. Hate prison too. Like that's one thing in the plot line that I'm like, (laughs) these people were not that smart, and I want to know how they got out of prison. And like, where's the scar tissue? Like, where are all the physical? When they were hiding in the tiny houses, I'm like, (laughs) I'm thinking Mark, Marv really liked his tiny house in the second one. That was because it was the most beautiful home they had ever had. Because as a child, they probably had a very unstable home life. I mean, you have this whole background story, which is fabulous. (laughs) Keep it coming, girl. But I just. We're going to write the precursor to Home Alone of what made Harry and Marv, Harry and Marv. Stay tuned. I mean, this is pretty funny. I just. I, I think that it's pretty funny. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> now we can move on to Elf, but that was a pretty funny question. That's hilarious. Do you want to do a synopsis? It's been stuck in my head all um, afternoon now. Okay, so Elf is born a human. His name is Buddy. Actually, we don't know his human name, but he had buddy, buddy on his diaper. He had buddy on his diaper. Santa Claus found him. Well, actually, he called him to Santa Claus and then went back to the North Pole. And then Santa pulled him out. And then the elves, one of the elves, adopted him. So he was a human raised an elf. Mm-hmm. And then yes. he found out that his elf daddy was not his real daddy. So then it caused Which, a spiral. To I don't know how that's crisis. a shock. He was I mean, like was really six big foot three, and they're all like two feet. Teensy. Mm-hmm. He couldn't make toys. He couldn't mm-hmm. hit the notes in the choir. He I was mean, a, a ninny. What did he call himself? A ninny headed. Cotton headed ninny muggins. Cotton headed ninny muggins. I need to remember. Yeah. So Elf Buddy, I mean, had like a huge identity crisis, and he thought that going and finding his father would give him the closure that he needed much like many other stories where people find out they are adopted and didn't know it was going to happen. Yeah, actually that is a real, real one. There's a lot of trauma that comes from being 
um, they call it, I think it's neonatal trauma as the official title, but, um, yeah, being like abandoned basically at birth, not wanted and given up to another yeah. family causes a lot of identity issues as well as not being able to connect to the roots that you have. So buddy definitely had that going on. You can see like when he got into our world, that the human world or whatever, when he went to New York, the doctor was like, well, clearly he's having a dissociative identity disorder, like issue, like clearly oh, he's like connected disconnecting to reality and he has a disillusionment so you just need to love him and connect with him and it'll, it'll all come back that wasn't the case there's really santa but um <laughs> but there is some of that too because buddy doesn't separate <laughs> but he can't separate those two right he can't say like i am not an elf and it's okay i am human like he was having a really hard time with that until he found a spot yeah. because he's like really which world does world. he live in i know he doesn't really because fit in he's either one too magical for the human realm because he can make 75 things in yeah. a night like I don't, well like when he goes and decorates his family's house yeah like his dad's apartment and he's like made a rocking chair out of the armoire or the tv stand or whatever and then like yeah. all these things yeah, yeah, or decorate Santa's land, right? The, because mm -hmm. he's like, Santa's coming and Santa's coming. Mm -hmm. Doesn't You're not the real Santa. You smell like smell mushrooms and, and cheese. cheese. That's it. And, cheese and you sit on the <laughs> throne of lies. <laughs> this is clearly Brittany's favorite movie. <laughs> you sit on the throne of lies. Anyways, he couldn't see reality like. Yeah, he couldn't see reality for what it was. Everything yeah. was like the world's best cup of coffee. Congratulations! Like everything was just very positive and happy mm -hmm. and the best of everything because he'd only known good. He lived in the North Pole. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think about it. This I was so I follow um, Style Fit Fatty on Instagram. She's like an influencer that does all these things, and she had posts on her stories that somebody had used to be a hospice worker. And two of the ladies that were like in the hospice thing were confessing as labor and delivery nurses that they had given, they had swapped babies all the time at birth. Like, oh my goodness, terrifying. That was like, like my nightmare. That's like my nightmare. Yeah. Banks never left my sight, and he had a security tag on him, so he's mine. But, and he looks just like his daddy, but um, he does look just like his daddy. <laughs> he does. So I'm like, okay, we're good. But, um, it would be like finding out that you were switched at birth. It would be, you know, like it's like, think about oh, everything that totally you connected you. to. Yeah. Yeah. Like if we found out we weren't really sisters, like that's a part of our identity. That's a part of our core understanding of what we were born into this world as who we connect to and how we view the whole world is by being in the family unit that we're in, in the reality that we're in and in the like social norms that we're in. Right. So for him right. to find out, even though it's like obvious to us, we're like, dude, clearly you're not an elf. Yeah, you're you not. are not an elf. <laughs> you are not. You are huge and you have a deep voice. And you did not make enough Etch-a-Sketches. I mean, obviously not an elf. <laughs> and you're clearly not a troll, but the little trolls in there were so cute. <laughs> a little diapy, like a little kid. Um, so clearly now, like, come on. And that's where, but he, like, the movie's silly, but it is a big, seer, like, search for where does he belong and who does he belong to. And he's found that he kind of belongs in both worlds, but it's a very mixed world. And it's hard because it's a lot of rejection and acceptance during that time. Like we need to understand that special someone gift and he gives oh it to his God. dad. Yeah. His the lingerie. <laughs> gift for that special someone. And, and that he was, was like, like his like 
he was being so like his outlook sincere. on the world was just so innocent and sincere mm-hmm. and he's like oh they say people like this okay like he had no realm of what lingerie was or what sex mm-hmm. was he has no idea like yeah. and then when he was in the he shower was, like yeah. sitting in there with the uh, zoe dish and i forgot her character's name and he was oh, singing yeah, back it was so innocent yeah. it wasn't anything like it, like he just had a really innocent view on the world but a lot of rejection being so naive because from the world he was in it was all naive so then trying to fit into this new world he was going to get a lot of rejection and a lot of hurt and you can see how it messed with them it led to a lot of depression for him for a second like when he felt like he didn't have a spot it was a lot of depression and sadness because he was like well where do i belong and it was really sad yeah and i think like as a human in the human world like that's something we can all totally relate to right Mm -hmm. there are times where we're put into a new environment and it is really hard to be like what am i feeling what are my psychological effects right now yeah and then where we have to process this, just like Buddy had to. And you have to yeah. kind of find your little like niche and path for. Well, it's interesting because I was thinking about this and I've talked to so many, like it was Thanksgiving weekend, you know, and like we saw a bunch of people from coming back from BYU or like back from college, right? I saw a bunch of people at church and stuff. And and it made me think about the time where I had the same thing. Like I was going into BYU and I was so um the same trying to find a spot and I felt like I didn't belong in that world it was a very different world for me versus hearing my husband's stories and he's like oh yeah it was great I walked right in my husband has so many stories from college and I was like it was miserable I hated it like I needed to get out of BYU um and I think a lot of it was that attitude of like this is a like a world I feel like I belong versus that this isn't a world I don't belong in like yeah, kind of vibe. I felt like the like culture didn't you, feel like I belonged. Yeah, and that would be kind of like after you like round that corner from the candy cane forest, you know, and you have to decide which way are you going to go. The swirly girl, swirly gumdrops. <laughs> yeah, you going to the swirly girly drum drops, or are you going back to the narwhal? Like you have to be like, I am yeah. placed in this uncomfortable world. Yeah. How am I going to choose my path? And but I buddy, love. He was so determined to like. He fell in love, Jovi or something. I think it was her name. Jovi, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he fell in love. He like wanted a relationship. He loved his brother. Like, mm-hmm. so he was motivated. He was like, I'm going to figure this out. And ultimately that love pulled him through. But it's always, yes, love, connection. And then the, like he, he has this, um, like he's positive psychology to a T. Like Buddy is really good at being positive and seeing the best in situations, even when things were like going terrible for him like oh i got a restraining order so it all worked out like no dude restraining orders are bad (laughs) (laughs) or you work down in the mail room now like oh and everything's shiny you know like which you don't have to be that naive but the the ability to that's what mattson did going to byu he's like it was gonna work for me because i wanted it to work and it was great and i went in being like i'm so uncomfortable and fixated on the uncomfortability right and that's but it is so well and that's not like power positivity where you go in there and like I mean, we've talked a lot about this lately, Tay, where it's like mm-hmm. we go in there and we are expecting good things to happen. Therefore, mm-hmm. good things will happen. Like we're manifesting this. And that I'm was Buddy was like, I am manifesting this relationship with my father. I am bound and determined to get this work. And then he had the hiccups and he was really frustrated, but he did it. And, and I think stopped. this is cool. He never stopped. And it was cool, too, because like his like stepmom at that point was really trying to like make it work. She mm-hmm. was trying to. Like she did a good job of bringing in like fam like family relationships and like showing how important it was to be like yeah this is hard and this is uncomfortable but ultimately he is your family and we're gonna make this work and I think that was I think that made a difference too I think people loving 
other people can really help with this situation because the whole theme is like Buddy's identity is like literally the theme of the movie, right? And it it was all worked through by optimism, positivity, love, and connection. Like you can see all of those things was the way that Buddy found it. And he found a spot. It's not like black and white spot being like, I'm either an elf or a human. It's no, you're a combo. And that's why he goes and sees his papa at the end and (laughs) papa holds him and his ginormous baby. Um, And that's, but that's where, you know, Buddy found a spot because people loved him for who he was. And that's how I think people find a spot in our world is when they have identity stuff is is being able to positively find what is in your life and how you can connect to others, which is why Elf is such a great movie. Yeah. And having those positive family relationships really made his life better. Mm-hmm. And so I think we our key takeaway from Elf is that <laughs> if we are good to our family and to our friends and are that safe space and like tell them how much we love them, that mm-hmm. we can actually have a positive impact on their mental health. Yeah. Even if they're struggling. Yeah, you really can. did for a day. That's one of the biggest things that we look for when people are struggling with depression, suicidal thoughts, like anxiety. We're always constantly saying, what is your support? What is your system? What do you have? Who are you connected to? Those are the things that keep people around. Those are the things that keep people grounded. And Buddy found it. It was kind of funky how he found it, but he found it. Yep. And he melted the heart of his dad too who like was this crotchety old dude at the beginning his transformation is very fascinating by the way because he was on the naughty list he was was on the naughty list he was really bad dude nice (laughs) (laughs) and um and buddy continued to love him and his wife at the time continued Mm -hmm. to love him and they like were able to change his mental state Mm -hmm. from one of just being a crotchety naughty man child he was being like yeah a happy, kind, loving father. Yeah. So that yeah. is like that positive optimism, the role of like positivity in your family relationships, all of that. Yeah. And it ended up changing the father's life for better because then he got to do his own job that he'd be happier in. He published Buddy's book, like all these great things that make people happy. Yeah. I'm going to have to put like spoil alert on this description if you haven't seen these movies because we totally just He's been out for a long time. So I was like, if people don't know them, like, like if you haven't, this is kind of like, my daughter recently, we were watching Gilmore Girls, and I told her something. I won't spoil Gilmore Girls, but I had, like, said something about what was going to happen. And she's like, I can't believe you just ruined that for me. I'm like, girl, Gilmore Girls is, like, old at this point. Is it, like, somebody dating somebody else? Yeah, like, Lorelai dating Luke. And she was, like, super <laughs> upset. How does she not know that? Everybody knows that's why there's a Luke mug. That's, like, foreshadowed from the first episode. But we love Gilmore Girls, so it's fine. Yeah. So we like, do a psychological sorry, one on Gilmore Girls. I'm sorry if I just ruined Gilmore Girls for you as well as Elf and Home Alone, but yeah. But I think our movie taste is better than my husband's podcast. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, there's no zombies in Vegas or whatever it was. So JJ's gonna make fun of me now, but it's fine. <laughs> um, this is a lot of fun, Tay. Hopefully now oh, when you go fun. into your Christmas cheer, you will uh Get some giggles out of this now. You'll be able to like process your characters a little more. I just think it's cool that you can totally see that everything in life goes back to psychology and everything in life goes back to the same themes. Like we say that we are everyday mental health podcasts. And I think by pulling in, like I use music in my therapy, I use movies and I have people do perspectives and, and all these different things from characters. I know I've had people watch Gilmore girls in my office and be like, okay, what is their perspective of this one and this one? And, and we go through it because 
our media is a way for us to express our emotions. That's yeah. been the been that way since ancient Greek times. So why wouldn't we use that to our advantage, right? But the more that you can start seeing these themes portrayed and these stories, like you look at all the Greek tragedies, like Odysseus had so many problems. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. Odysseus. And or I've Odysseus? been teaching oh, yeah. Odysseus. And yeah. um I've been teaching a Shakespeare class too. And like just that core Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of these problems that these characters had in their identity crisis. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so many. It, this is like a reoccurring. It, yeah, like this is mankind forever I've has had, had these problems. I when I was first doing the training, I was like, how am I going to identify these issues? Because it, they're like every story is so different. There is never like the one way to get to the same thing, right? But there are repeat patterns of problems in people's lives. There are repeat themes. And you can see Mm -hmm. it in the movies that we watch, the hero scheme, all these things. There are repeat things that come up for humans and for mankind that have connections and things to people, right? And that's where I think um, it's able, you're better able to spot it the more that you're trained to spot it, right? And if you're more trained to see like, okay, I know these are like some of the things that I need to work on or or struggle with, and you can see more and more characters and movies working on it or people around you and their lives working on it, you get way more help and way more applicable skills than you do by like just talking about all these psychological concepts. So I think it's a a great way for application. Like you said earlier, like we have all these modeled skills, like Kevin did all these things that are talked to us about, but we don't actually have the, okay, so what, like, how do you apply it? Right. The more that I can show people how to apply it. And the more that I can say, well, it's like Kevin in this movie, or it's like this in this movie, like elf or whatever it is, the more that you can actually get that tangible skill, then you can actually grasp it and say, oh, I've seen this before. I know what to do. And that's where I love doing these kind of things. I think it's so fun. Also, it's, so fun. it's Christmas. So who doesn't like yeah. Christmas? If you want another um, couple easy ones to kind of like go and analyze on your own, The Grinch or It's a Wonderful Life, they're probably movies you'll be watching anyways. Mm-hmm. So maybe just pay attention to like some of the character development, how it happened, what were their problems, what were their triggers, all of that. And then just kind of see. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of fun. Um, I was trying to think of the one that I was like, oh, that'll be too difficult but if you want to challenge yourself, what was what's some of our favorite Christmas movies? Christmas Vacation. Christmas Vacation. That's a good complex one with a lot of different characters and a lot of different yeah. psychological balances, which I thought about doing. Um, thank you. I was like you said at the beginning, and I couldn't. Re- um, Christmas Vacation is a very good one to like practice your skills on because there's a lot of different varying perspectives as well. So if you were to take it yep. from like the wife's perspective, the daughters, like all these ones. The neighbors, the, yeah. I don't know, Todd. Yeah. Margo. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Yeah, Eddie has his own perspective. The boss has his own own perspective. The dog. Like, there's so many things. And that movie is so complex on how people choose to do what they do, when they do it, how they do it, based off of X, Y, or Z and all the things. So that one's a really good one to see how collateral damage and, like, repercussion actions lead to one to another to another like even just cousin eddie going to get the boss is a whole line of other things that has to happen first for him to get to that conclusion of an extreme behavior so that one's an interesting one if you want to challenge yourselves and if you guys want to hear us do it let us know because i'm not opposed to doing more of these because i think they're fun (laughs) so 
drop us a line on social media. Go ahead and follow us. We're on Uhane Counseling on social media. Um, and then fo- don't forget to follow us on Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. We hope you're having a great Christmas season so far. And we'll catch you soon. Bye. Bye.